Hi, welcome to What You Reading Dude. It's Jamie, Lauren, and Lisa. This is our time to catch up and share what we've been reading and inspired by, hoping to stir some deeper conversations. No one person has time to read every book or listen to everything, but we figure this is a good way to trade ideas, expand our horizons, and maybe inspire you as well. Just a reminder, this is for us, this is for fun, and we are not experts. Enjoy! Everybody, we're, yeah. For the listeners, we're trying a new drink today, suggested by the Bachelorette Katie. <laughs> Except we couldn't find uh, grapefruit juice, but it's gin, IPA, and orange juice. It tastes exactly like you would imagine. Yep. It would taste. Like, put those three in a glass. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's very. I think orange and IPA go together. Really it's hitting well, summer, right? Yeah, it's- I I just got I just got the gin. And so that's all I'm <laughs> drinking right now. I guess I didn't stir mine. <laughs> Hello. We starting. Oh, wow. okay. I, I had IPA and now I'm drinking gin. Catch <laughs> Lauren in like 20 minutes from now. <laughs> I'm going last today, so that works out. Oh, I forgot <gasps> your birthday card again. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. You're going to, your birthday will never end. I now. love You're going to get I, a birthday card in um, two listen, weeks. the balloons. <laughs> I actually really love it. The balloons are still up. They're so alive. They still have helium. They're still Shocking, on the ceiling. Kind. Yeah, they're on the ceiling. They're looming over me. <laughs> no, no. No. How are you I'm feeling? Kidding. So for those of you who don't know, Lisa turned. Hit a milestone. How do you, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you feel? I feel good. I felt really nervous coming up to it. And mainly because the whole year before just felt completely robbed. And so even though like, I mean, things still happened in the past year, but very different. And so I think I was really feeling the loss for almost a year and a half that I was really looking forward to for a good portion of my life. And then Mm -hmm. um, just went into survival mode. So I think I was like, just feeling like the end of an era there but then it passed and I'm like here we are and And your next year can be the best one there you go and (laughs) honestly like I'm okay with not having like oh this year was the best shit ever because I want my whole life to be that as much as it can be you know I mean okay I want the the best life ever (laughs) that's what I'm living for but at least like (laughs) You know, you I reach don't, for those stars. Yeah. <laughs> for real. Well, okay. So Lauren and I and our friend in town are training for a half marathon in a couple weeks. And I started my birthday morning by running, doing like a sunrise run, which is just, it was my longest run of the year 5 a.m now it was super early and i just hit it and felt i literally ran into like the exact time of birth i literally ran into the next age which was i'm sure i have a theory about it that i think it's like your best hour people yes interesting huh that's not my best hour that's when i first start to wake up every morning i will keep it in here i will was born around 10 30 mm-hmm. in the morning and that's like every day kind of when i 
Yeah. My brain wakes up. Huh. Around. I also have a day of the week theory. I was born on Fridays. Fridays are oh, yeah. See, my favorite on day. Friday. Oh, my God. Friday. Yes. Mine does not correlate. Tell us. Oh, well, <laughs> I was born just at, ruining all my theories. I know. I was born at 4 p.m., which is not my best no. time. <laughs> is that oh, anybody's? It's I, not my best time. A rough and time. I definitely have woken <laughs> up long the, before. What day of the week were you born? Tuesday. Tuesday's my second favorite day of the week. It's so. not my fave. Not my fave. <laughs> no one likes Tuesdays and that's why I love them. Tuesday's interesting because it's like get shit done day. So it depends yeah. on what I'm getting shit Monday, done. Monday you're just with. like upset that it's Monday. Yeah. 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 Well, Monday is like not super productive for me normally. No. And Tuesday's like, yeah, like the get shit yeah. done day, mm-hmm. which is I not like Tuesday. Not my day. So I, I mean, who doesn't love Friday? On Fridays. Like the world <laughs> is like your oyster. Yes. Like, like literally anything could happen. Yeah. I have zero plans. Yeah. And it's just like Getting I'm on cloud work nine on a Friday is yes everything. yes yes I so get so hyped and so I also many... like one of the first jobs I had after college it was a place where you you plug your forty and you get out of there you know so yeah. Friday was always like oh when are you getting out today like oh 12, 11, you know, so Damn. once I hit lunch, I'm like, let's go. Time Damn. to get out yeah. I'm, I'm miss that. so jealous of people that my, have summer Fridays. Mm, yeah. Ugh, dreams. My, my <sighs> current firm, when you're in office, is like that. And it's, oh, I miss it. I have a hard time getting to the 40 these days. So. <laughs> Different but world. man, I miss that in the office and like just clocking yeah. out at noon on a Friday. It is a little weird now, though, because... I think people kind of sneakily step yeah. out or, you know, they're doing whatever. They're just, and I'm not paying attention to when everybody is coming no. and going. Mm-hmm. But I, for some reason, feel like I need to be there until at least three or four, yeah. even if I've crossed my Same. time. And I don't, I don't feel that working remotely, but I still kind of feel like I need to be on call. Like if a, if a text comes in, I need to be ready yeah. to respond to it. And I just miss that, like, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> See it all later. But, but yeah, no. doing great. Feeling good. <laughs> Feeling alive. Any goals for the year? Oh. Big mm. plans? Hitting this half is a huge goal. Well, we're basically there. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have some personal goals in the mix. I feel like I've been kind of, what's the right analogy? I don't have it. But I've just been kind of <laughs> sitting on the sidelines for the past couple years and I think the last year and a half was good reflection time and maybe a good it was a good way to kind of bookend that and and kind of push myself like hey girl like time is actually not pausing and so yeah let's go for it like yeah put me in coach Mm -hmm. professionally or personally professionally for sure personally is still it kind of I don't. I don't know what I'm doing personally. So <laughs> okay, okay, now okay. I'm still in the. Anyway. I, I think because professional has been, it's been such a focus for me for a while. Like because I want, I want that pillar of my life to be good. I want to feel really great about everything that's happening there, even if it's not perfect, you know. But, um, so I think this year I would like to work on making that happen. So huh. we'll see. Yeah. Oh, and had family come came in. Oh, yeah. And it was fantastic. I don't know if they will listen to this, but <laughs> it, oh my gosh. This was the first time I saw family in person 
since December of 2019. So suffice it to say, I immediately cried. <laughs> like, I was just like, I'm so happy. But it was just so great to be around family God. and to have my, my East Coast connection come back, yes. you know. And they were here for a while, which was great. I actually kind of wish I was still going on feeling full from it. We got a Aww. rental car and just like drove all around oh, and it was exhausting but awesome. I feel like I saw so much of the state that I haven't. That's uh, very yeah. fun. Yeah. Did you all have good 4th of July weekends? I had food. Teddy. <gasps> oh my God. I was dog watching. Yeah. Or dog sitting. Lauren was also, out of office. So. <laughs> Lauren was yeah, yeah. For yeah. We had less some good than bonding. Yes. Yeah, no. I mean, Teddy loves cats. A lot of stuff around some. home. Oh my God, him and <laughs> I don't know if I told. I was texting Lauren updates the whole mm. time, obviously. But at one point, Aria, my cat, let Teddy walk up to her, and they bumped noses for like a minute. Not a minute. For like three <laughs> seconds and like yeah. kind of like smelt each other it was probably even 10 seconds it was a very long wow. time before you know she immediately ran away but Intimate. i think he learned a lot he learned not to yell or whine at cats good because that's not gonna get you anywhere Mm-mm. to let he her hasn't learned that you. lesson locally but, but now <laughs> one cat at a time yeah <laughs> she was Towards the end, she was getting out of her room like she was coming out and like mm-hmm. at least letting me pet her. And she's pretty shy normally. She's extremely shy. She had a rough childhood, so she's afraid of people and noises and dogs that pay any attention to her. She's fine with dogs that don't care about cats. <laughs> she doesn't care about them. Mm-hmm. But if you try to pay attention to her, mm. no, no problems. No. But that yeah. sounds successful. That yes, sounds like yeah. a, maybe I can get a dog someday and she won't hate me for it. And that's really what I was going for. But I also mm-hmm. decided this weekend that I will not be getting a dog for another year. Mm. I had a six-month plan and I was like, maybe I'll make it a year They're plan. They're a lot. They're yeah. a lot. Maybe I'll make it a year <laughs> plan. It's a good reminder, though, because yeah. when you don't have that, you're just like, but they're so cute. And then I had it and I was like, I like having a dog. I don't like responsibility. Yeah, we're being forced to do anything ever. It's not my style. So they are fully dependent, (laughs) (laughs) but very cute. Yeah. (laughs) All right, y'all, swinging into the main event. Yes, yes. What's happening this week, Lisa? A couple weeks ago, we downloaded the Seattle Public Library's summer adult book bingo, and we each. Basically rolled a die, had a random number generator, picked two categories for each of us, and then we each could either combine those categories, pick a book from one of them, pick a book from each of them. I think we each went with it a different way. So now we're going to share what books we read. Yay! Yay! And so I will kick it off. As a reminder, I had the categories Made You Laugh, an Asian American or Pacific Islander author. And I chose to combine them. And so I picked Dear Girls by Ali Wong. It's a book I've been wanting to read for a while. And so I just jumped at the opportunity to read this. And Ali Wong, I love her. She is a comedian, actress, writer, just a powerhouse talent. 
showcase. Um, <laughs> she is yeah. originally yeah. from San Francisco. I don't know where she's currently living, but <laughs> she is guessing LA. Everyone lives in LA. Yeah, I think so. She is American born. Her parents are immigrants. I believe her dad is from China and her mom was from Vietnam. And she does cover this some in the book, but basically the book is a series of letters to her two girls, Mari and Nikki. I was doing audiobooks and I'm realizing I am thoroughly enjoying audiobooks, particularly we had a little pre-show chit chat <laughs> that wasn't recorded, but nonfiction in particular, mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you, Lauren. I think audiobooks are awesome. Fiction's a little different. I yeah. really haven't I listened to any. Most of those comedian books I've consumed as audiobooks, and they are way better so that way. So good. Amy Poehler, Tina Fey. I, mean, I agree I started completely. Mindy oh. Kaling, like they're all so good as oh, audiobooks. Mindy's would have been so. I read Mindy's on Kindle, and it was great. I mean, I've heard her enough where I feel like I was just hearing you know her, her voice. voice. Yeah. Definitely, so, yeah. You know. But the audiobook is just like a super long comedy special. Yes, <laughs> that's really what this is. felt like. It's like how old albums used to be. Like there didn't used to be comedy specials. People would just like buy albums. Yeah. Of their comedian talking. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. My dad actually has some he's played. Stop, and it's so it's great. It's good. And yeah, her tone. Okay. There are definitely moments where it feels like you're getting little snippets of your own personal special. But then she also has, you know, a very sincere tone and very heartwarming messages too for her daughters as well. So I found that yeah. hilarious, insightful, heartwarming. All around, loved it. The chapters range, they're all over the place. So each chapter is a letter to her girls. And it's very interesting because Ali Wong, as a comedian, she tends to be pretty crude. I, I would say she, she claims <laughs> that she's cleaner than she was when she was younger. And I haven't heard her earlier stuff, so I can only imagine just uh -huh. from like what she shared in the <laughs> book. But she lays it all out there. And... I really love that because I think when these girls get to read this, they will really get to see her as a mother, but also as a woman. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really cool opportunity that you don't always get with parents. And it is. You know, sometimes you, I don't know, maybe you're just like happy to see them as a parent, but I feel like the older I get, the more I'm like, it's great to know family members as the human they are, the individual they are. Definitely. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that realization, mm -hmm. especially with my mom, I think because I'm a female, like that connection to my mom, like realizing that she was a teenager. It sounds yeah. so dumb because I know that in my head. But to like but actually But it is a weird part of growing that. up, like yeah. the realization that your parents are not perfect and they And like when they had human. kids, they were yeah. children. My God. <laughs> they oh my were gosh, so, yes. well, my parents weren't so young. Like comparatively, be, my parents were like thirty when well, they had same. me, which is like but quote that's unquote like for close the time. to my age, right? For the time <laughs> was like older for where you grew up. Like yeah. where I grew up, all the moms were thirty when they had okay. their first child. It was like, I mean, it was like a very common thing I saw for the Midwest. Oh, it was yeah. very, very much like my mom was twenty five, so mm. twenty four was probably yeah. when people were yeah starting. To I have was babies. just looking at some family photos when I was at my parents' house and like had that realization that my parents like in the photos that I'm looking at they're like honeymoon photos I was looking at I was like 
They were like Where did they younger go? than me. Wow. Where did it's they go weird. on their honeymoon? My parents um, went to Hawaii. They went Same. to Florida. Hello. Yes. <laughs> Stayed in my mom's parents' Wait, that's condo. Even oh my god. <laughs> Free place to stay. Yeah. Wait, Con- uh, uh, yeah. Honey great. yeah, honeymoons back then were not like they are now. <laughs> nah. As long as there was a beach, it was a honeymoon. Yeah, pretty much. Do you have your own hotel or some sort of separate yeah. accommodation? Do you have a place Great. where you're sleeping? It was they Honey were Green. saving money, and so that was good. But yeah, <laughs> smart choice on their part. Oh man. Yeah, it's just funny to like. I mean, what a gift would it be to have your mom like write a a book and then get to read that, that later so... when you're an adult? I would read at the what shit age? Out of that okay, book. okay, okay, <laughs> okay. For All this right. book, like, at what age do you think the kids should be to read it? Because I always wonder about that. I'm like, if they know probably now that the mom wrote a book for them, do you want to read that when you're 12 or should they not read it until they're 18 or is that even (laughs) still too soon? So I've been thinking about this and I'm kind of curious what her strategy is if like she's just going to like, oh, you're 16 or 18. Boom. Here you go. I think there's some chapters that she could bring up sooner than others. Like there's one chapter that's just on. A guide to Asian restaurants, how to pick a good one and bad one from different regions, you know, and yet there are other ones where like, I mean, she's a mom. She gets to choose what like where her kids are. Yeah. And if it were me personally, it would be more of a like, let me hold on to this until you're in high school or actually I would stand by the high school because I know some some of the content for some people might feel more college rated, but I feel like it's good to have this info maybe a little bit sooner than you yes. think you should have it. Yes. Because high school is a crazy time, Always. too. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always yeah. good to have information. Oh, my God. But it was so good. I know. It, it kind of inspired me. Man, I think more people should take on a project like this, even if it never gets published. Even um, if you just, like, write a letter yeah whenever you like think about it I've or like parents, once a year or just like mm-hmm. something I've heard parents now i mean millennial parents are so creative but i've heard millennial parents now will like write a letter to their kid on their birthday every year and oh then, my like God. give it to them when they're 18 that i would so i would weep. cry i would <laughs> my mom gave me a scrapbook when i went to college and i yes. broke down yeah over a scrapbook which is very nice and a very good gift, but I had oh, yeah. 20 scrapbooks growing up. Like, it wasn't anything yeah. new, but like, yeah. 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 My mom is working on one. And um, <laughs> mom, <laughs> I know. Oh, mama loves scrapbooks. Yeah. Oh my God. My what year is she working on now? <laughs> She's got a couple going in the works right now. Wow. Finished up a Christmas one. Oh just Christmas? On some side projects. Was it every Christmas ever or just one year Christmas? Just, I think it was probably just one how do you take that many photographs well i think she's been getting into okay it's been a while since she and i like chit chatted on some of this but Uh she's been getting into some of the smaller albums too or she'll do a big album and have a couple years in mind and just kind of works away at it and then when she fills up the book it's like that album's done Hmm. mom feel free to correct me if i'm wrong here (laughs) i had a short stint in scrapbooking i did enjoy college it was like abbreviated scrapbooking it was more or just like throwing photos on pages and putting yeah. stickers I just like over to go them. into the scrapbooking store and looking at all the fun paper. The cup, yes, like all the craft the couple, supplies and all that. The couple months I did though, it was exhausting. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine doing it. Also, like these days with every 
photo ever being just on your phone. It's hard to edit it's it hard. down. I can't even get my photos sometimes down to 10 to post an Instagram carousel. <laughs> like, how yeah. am I supposed to scrapbook it? Yeah. Pick a, a color whole scheme, year. Write the blocks. Right. Yeah. I enjoy consulting. My mom, she'll be like, what do you think about this? And she'll pull out her things. I'll be like, I like that one. You know, like, yeah. that's kind of the level. I mean, good yeah. on her that's for, a like, good level to be with this hobby. It is her passion. I love that. <laughs> At least that's what it looks like from my eyes, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to – we could talk. Yes. Anyway. More. Yeah. So there's – a bunch of stuff in this book. I mean, she talks about how she trapped her man. She talks mm-hmm. about pregnancy, raising the babies, and like going back to work, work itself, and some of she does share some hurdles, but I think she just kind of shares her journey and is like, you know, I wish I had some creepy old man manipulated me story that I could tell you. I, I don't really have those, but these are the stories I do have, which are no less valid. Yeah. You know, they're just her experience. And she has a whole chapter called My Least Favorite Question. And I think it's it's kind of one or two questions, depending on how people ask it. But it's like, how does it feel to be an, an actor as like an Asian American or as a woman mm. or an Asian American woman, mm. you know? And that whole chapter is really interesting i mean the whole the book touches on identity this is dumb i i don't know how to phrase this other than like her identity is and the identity of her family and her children it's interwoven into the book it's not like oh and did i mention i'm asian like yeah hell no because that is not it is who she is yeah, yeah and it's who and it's part of who her children are as well and i think this chapter about that question she goes into topics about asking that question and why like the limitations that it's presenting and also talks about like this one example later in the chapter like when crazy rich asians came out how she had a fellow aapi actress that was basically just like i feel so jealous that i wasn't in that and i feel bad that i feel jealous you must think i'm a child And she's like, no, not at all. I think it's more a reflection of the context for when you were coming up in the acting industry, when there were only uh, like one Asian women. Yeah. Yeah. And they were all side parts, Mm -hmm. you know, like supporting actors or actresses. And so Mm -hmm. you really had to fight for those positions. And that's opening up now. But it's like when that is the culture, the professional culture that you're raised in, that gets really ingrained Mm -hmm. in you, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't know how to phrase this because I I feel really ignorant when I talk about it. Like, because I feel like the way I'm trying to phrase things sounds a lot like a white woman being like yeah you know like discovering that she's proud of herself and i'm not discovering I that mean, that's honestly not, that's why like, i didn't choose a social justice book because mm-hmm. i didn't want to have to struggle through yeah 30 minutes of how do i talk about it without being <laughs> with being a good ally and without yeah being part but of the problem this is how we understand yeah that mm-hmm. like we're gonna have to struggle through yeah for sure and we can only see things through our own eyes so it, but it's hard to not apologize for that yeah 
I think what's hard too is it, it makes me think of when you're learning a language, how sometimes you understand more before you can speak it. Yes. Yeah. And that's yeah, how that's I feel such a lot. Good, that's a good you know? Like I, because this is like yeah. the real part. We can talk about yeah, yeah later, no, how to, hard it is to yeah. talk about things that you don't understand fully, well, and that you can't speak on really. Yeah, but, you, I, but we have to try. But it, <laughs> well, okay, I, I'm I'm struggling even with that too because like I'm not I, I, I do not have her experiences. I have not lived in an Asian household or like in an Asian community. And so I can't speak to those experiences. But my history isn't devoid of different Asian American communities. Like, yeah. and so that it like, I've had my own reflections on my past of mm-hmm. like, hmm, you know what, that was probably racist, even though it seems like it wasn't in the time because the determining factor quote unquote were other white people so of course you know what I mean um right I think I want to restart in a way and basically say I love how she integrated her identity into this book Mm -hmm. and the opinions and stances that she put out there and some of them I take internally a lot and I can tell when I am struggling with it for example there is one it, it was just a tangential thing she mentioned at one point but there is a whole discussion right now and has been for a while with Hawaii and having all these people who are not native islanders coming in and settling and developing the land. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not super well read on the conversation, but I know like there's a point in the book where she brings up an example where someone's like, well, what can I do to help? And like to someone who is native Hawaiian and this native Hawaiian person is like, leave, get out. <laughs> yeah. And I totally get that. Like I, I t- I'm like, yeah, you're right because we're ruining shit. But then my little entitled white ass is like, but we shouldn't have to leave. Like, you know, like, and it's, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And it's, like, it's yeah. such a frustrating thing to feel both of those and to know the first yeah. one is correct. But then also like, think about this, kind of third part of it which is like I totally agree if we go down this path of doing this in multiple scenarios are we driving ourselves into a world that's really segregated but then I stop myself and I'm like listen you don't really get an opinion here right now because the demographic that you're representing has just been putting themselves all over the place and has been kind of thousands of years for thousands of years and so it's one of those where it's like respectfully like your opinion's gonna be tabled right now it doesn't really matter and this is my opinion I know like everybody has a different opinion on this and it goes back to what Lisa and I were discussing earlier today about Mm -hmm. an entirely different subject but like I have a really hard time being okay with something that I don't understand but that needs to be okay mm-hmm. I need to be able and that's why exposure is so helpful just like reading other people's stories and understanding that everyone's experience is different than my yeah, own yeah. but just because I don't understand someone else's opinion doesn't mean it's any less valid mm-hmm. and my opinion is not needed in this context right right and it's <laughs> like in the instance of this book mentally I feel there like mm-hmm. you know she talks about like dear girls I married an Asian man and I hope you do too Asian men are amazing it is amazing to date in your race 
there's so many things like you don't have yeah. to constantly play tour yeah. guide it's a shade it's a shared yeah. experience and that i a hundred percent hear her and i'm just like yes totally and then at the same time if i try to speak about it or when i think about it i still think about these other parts of that discussion as well and it's it's not that she's like you don't need to date other men or whatever i think it's it's kind of okay this is gonna be a bit of a stretch to me it's kind of like black lives matter where it's like of course men and women of all different races are amazing and could right. be a potentially yeah. amazing partner for you i'm just gonna take my two seconds and advocate for right. this my experience and the demographic that I, from my life, I feel like has been yeah. a really great path for partnership, you know? Yeah. And at least from yeah. the white side, there's enough people advocating for dating white people. We yeah. don't need to advocate. We're fine. Like, we yeah. just need to advocate for ourselves. Oh my God. Oh, but she does. Okay. <laughs> I like, I know this like took a big hard left here, but I loved this book so much. And the audiobook was fantastic, but I, this was great on so many levels and I, I felt like I just like breezed through the first couple chapters and then there was this one chapter called Snake Heart that I had to restart like five times and that, that was obviously the point where like I was learning a shit ton. She's talking about her time in Vietnam and I think she touches on in the book uh, she got a lot of history and felt really in touch with her dad's heritage being Chinese because he was really proud of it and it would like in some ways that she describes like it was kind of easier at times for that to be more immersed in their daily life yeah. versus like her mom was from central Vietnam and a lot of the Vietnamese immigrants were from South Vietnam and so like the accents were really off and so it could be mm -hmm. hard sometimes even to go to a Vietnamese restaurant and order and I think she mentions like her dad not really loving that like she had to be translator between him and like wait staff and stuff yeah. like that so at college or just after college she does like a language immersion program and goes and spends time in vietnam to help just like learn about that side of her heritage and she hits on some reflections being there that i thought were like oh my god they're really good and i'm not gonna do them justice but she talks about like expats and just being like do not get involved with an expat. What it means is just someone who like couldn't find a relationship in the States. And so now they're coming yeah. for like these quote unquote Asian women that they think are stereotypically more submissive and oh, blah, blah, God. blah. And like stay away from that. And I'm like, thank you for putting that out loud. Because there's some things that I feel like you see anecdotally and you're just like, mm -hmm. am I making this up in my head? Is this a thing that I'm seeing? And she's just like, don't fall for this shit. And I'm like, yes, thank you, Allie. <laughs> but oh my God, the the story she tells, I mean, they're graphic, but like they're so good. Like the pregnancy chapter was fantastic. And she was talking about there were all these different, you know, there are all these different ways you can give birth and people kind of maybe gloat or share what they did. And there yeah. was one friend of hers that was starting, like was at home, just kind of squatted, saw the head and literally pulled the baby out and she was like um okay bragging much like just like oh god what the fuck like <laughs> that had to have been at least her second child i i yeah oh my god <laughs> that, I, I had to replay that because i was like excuse me what like, what happened like 
that sounds straight out of a movie. Like that doesn't sound real. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've I've heard of that happening. Definitely with second, if not third or fourth. Yes, baby. I really recommend checking out this book, even if you want to just like pick some chapters. Allie has such a great way of delivering her sarcasm and. If you've heard her specials before or heard her comedy before, I think you can really pick up on it in the book. Obviously, I thought the audiobook like yeah. helped deliver some of that, but she has really heartwarming moments too. I mean, she talks about her miscarriage, which was the first like pregnancy she had and, you know, going through that and she she talks about her relationship with her husband and how he really embodies like a feminist husband and even kind of hits on some of the backlash she might hear of like basically the flack that he will get because people think that means she's just like doing all the providing and he's just like not a man or whatever and she's like it's not that like a true feminist husband just like celebrates your success and helps support you equally in the way that you would them you know and yeah. and she also has a chapter about her siblings and it just really covers the bases that if you were writing to your children with this idea that maybe you would get to read that with them one day or maybe you don't just like what is the most important and then here's some fun little things too like like the important things of family and her journey and then like who you are where you come from things you need to know to be an Asian in America, like picking out good restaurants from that, like that's one thing. But then she also talks in one chapter about like both find people in your community and embrace that community, but then also go be with people outside of it too. Like, you know, don't stick to one or the other. She's just offering advice to really help her daughters be the most well-rounded they can be in it. You as the reader, just like, I'm going to take that little tidbit for me too. That was great. You know, she knocked it out of the park. And I want to rewatch her specials now because. Oh my God. She's so hilarious. Good. Yeah. So that was Made You Laugh, an Asian American or Pacific Islander author. Did you laugh one? out loud? Oh, oh my God. I did. Loud. I don't know if you heard Yay! me at times. Okay. The baby, fi- the <laughs> baby <laughs> thing had me laughing. laughing. Yeah. Well, Jamie, you ready? Cool, I guess. Yeah. Let's do a complete 180. Tone change. (laughs) (laughs) Big tone shift. We're walking into Jamie's fiction happy hour. So I had on your shelf. So I picked a book that was on my shelf. Well, and it was difficult. Yeah, sorry. You Um, also had like I said earlier, I also had (laughs) activism and social justice, and I did not combine. You just decided to choose one, which was a totally valid Uh decision. Because I'm not gonna lie. Today is a Thursday, and I started reading this book on Sunday of this week. So, um, yeah, girl. There was a minute where I was like, yeah, I'll do two books. And then last week, I was like, two books isn't going to happen. One book is going <laughs> to hardly is, happen. I mean, this is a big book for but, one week. So. Yeah, it's junky. I mean, 400 pages. But I it's fiction. But it's fiction. And I really you can really. It. Okay, you so can guess, read fiction right. fast. So, I'm going to take the sleeve off. The. Yeah, get that book, book jacket off of it. I anti-book this, jacket. This is not, it both is and isn't a beach read. I have different definitions of beach read than other people. For me, this is a beach read. It's called A Good Marriage by What's Kimberly your... McRae. I love, we talked What's about this before, I love you? mystery. I love murders. Mm-hmm. I love fiction that involves mysteries 
and murders. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of those on the beach. I don't know so why, but it's, it's fiction. It's just like a good fiction book that draws you in. Is you yeah into it? What I would consider beach read, read to you is like a fiction book that is immediately grabs my attention, and yes. I just want to like finish it. Immediately. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I had no problems finishing this before today, and I started it Sunday. So yeah, yeah. There we that's go. what I would consider a beach read. Mm. Yes. So add it to you. Agree with the beach read definition? Uh, definitely on. Okay. It doesn't have to be like. I mean, maybe some people are like beach read, summer or love like romance, like romance, poppy color cover. There are like some good like romance ones. I'm trying to think of a good beach read that I had that wasn't like some mystery involved though. I mean, that's, that's your from. genre. That's my genre, <laughs> yeah. and that's what I do. I used to get into whether it was like a rom com or a romance book when I was in high school, maybe college, somewhere around I there. I guess I did. Um, it was like YA romance. I was going <laughs> to say, I guess I did a lot of um, John Green books and they're young adult. And then I realized yes, like they are. nine out of 10 John Green books also involve some sort of mystery. <laughs> so, oh. you know, they're all like, where did the girl go? The only one yes, that doesn't right. have a mystery is Fault in Our Stars. And that's just because you think she's dying the whole time. We read one of other of his books and I don't know. I, I'm not a fan, but, but mm. I can see I was why in people... Like, high school and stuff yeah. mm-hmm. so i guess i'll just talk about the plot of this book give us and there the... will be a lot of spoilers ahead give us um, the i'll give you the lowdown first non-spoiler lowdown is it's about marriage if you can tell by the time whoa so we start <laughs> off with lizzie who's a lawyer who's married to sam and they're like kind of happy kind of not at the mm. beginning they're like <laughs> goes back and forth between present day and the quote-unquote past but the quote-unquote past is two weeks prior to present day so it's not really the past but it is and then it jumps between is it like before and after a murder or something exactly it jumps between amanda two weeks ago amanda will eventually get murdered and then it jumps between lizzie after who is a lawyer who is representing amanda's husband zach Oh. So as we go through, basically we see like Amanda is beautiful. She's young. She's 28, which is crazy young. And she has a nine-year-old son with her really rich husband, Zach. And their marriage from all points of view from the outside is perfect. Everything's perfect. She lives in Park Slope in Brooklyn and fancy brownstones with her two best friends who also have children at the same school named Maud and Sarah and Sarah is married to Carrie and Sarah and Carrie are both rich and they're both beautiful and they're all happy and then Maud is married to Sebi who's a doctor and French and beautiful and happy and it's all just everyone being beautiful and happy all the time hello and then in present day there's Lizzie and Lizzie's life is hard. Her husband's an alcoholic, even though she refuses to admit it to herself, which is very frustrating. And she 100% enables him. Oh, enables him. She 100% enables the alcoholism. And it's kind of frustrating. But that's also from someone with, like, alcoholism and my family background. So I'm like, I don't know. It's like a thing. And yeah. I know, like, yeah. enabling does not help. But anyway. But you want to make the situation comfy. But we kind of, like, go back and <laughs> forth between, like, these beautiful, happy, rich people. And Lizzie has, like, a really nice job at a really nice law firm. But her husband has lost job after job. He got drunk one night and got into a car accident. He got drunk one night and blacked out. And 
hit his head and had to go to the hospital to get stitches. He got drunk one night and like texted his boss some really shitty things and got fired again. And it's like just constantly like, dude. But she, for the first, honestly, half of the book refuses to even admit he has an alcohol problem. So it's Mm. a whole thing. So we kind of are like at the beginning are like, poor Lizzie, her marriage sucks. Everyone else is perfect. And so she's kind of along the way. Like I said earlier, she's representing Zach, Mm -hmm. who is a very old friend from college. They went to Penn Law School together. And he calls her because he was arrested, not for the wife's murder, but when he found the wife's dead body and called 911, the police came. They, like, were trying to get, drag him away from the body. And he didn't want to leave the body. And in the scuffle, he accidentally, like pushed his arm back and elbowed a cop in the nose and broke the cop's nose Oh because he didn't know it was behind him. Everyone on the scene freaked out immediately and arrested him because honestly, it wasn't a bad move on their part. Like they, husband's always the first suspect in Mm -hmm. any murder. They were like, now we have a reason to put him in jail. Right. Let's do it. So then he gets like put in jail with no bail, sent to Rikers. And that's kind of where we get introduced to Zach is him calling from Riker saying, I need help. Trying to like exonerate Zach because she doesn't believe that he murdered Amanda. And she's talking to Amanda's friends. And we also get Amanda's point of view of her friends. And Lizzie's like basically trying to get advice. It's obviously it's called a good marriage. A constant theme is like how everyone else is making their marriage work. Mm. And like what she Mm. needs to do to make her marriage work set in a murder mystery lizzie or amanda lizzie okay amanda's gone amanda right. is <laughs> uh, unfortunately deceased so that is like the non-spoiler overview does the book bring in lizzie before amanda dies i'm curious because otherwise it'd be like lizzie's first okay. we start in on lizzie working in the building and immediately she gets a phone call from zach saying my wife was murdered And Mm. then it goes right into Amanda six days prior. Okay. 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 Um, Also, a a fun thing it does is it puts in like in between Lizzie and Amanda. Sometimes it'll put in like little like one page testimonies from people. So the whole thing is Amanda went to a party with Zach. Amanda left. Zach left within a minute. Eventually, an hour later, her body's found at the bottom of the stairs. A lot of blood, golf club next to her. He claims he didn't kill her. Oh, shit. But they left separately, and they were mad. And also, it turns out it was a quote-unquote sex party, but not really. Basically, it was just like a giant party where a bunch of like parents from school would come. And then like sometimes parents would sneak up upstairs with other people's partners and like partner swap. But that was not the point of the party. Oh. There was maybe 60 people at the party and maybe eight people participated in that. But, like, it becomes a whole thing. It's their, like, pork slope sex party, you know? Yeah, it sounds like a swingers yeah. sub party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, that wasn't the point of the party, but it immediately gets out that, like, that happened. So, like, mm. probably everyone was doing it, you know? Yeah. Scandal. It's a headline. But anyway, so, yeah, it goes back and forth between, like... <laughs> them and then like a one-page like jury testimony of people saying that they saw them at the party and like what other thing happened at the party i have a question answer um how long has this been on your shelf (laughs) oh no did you when did you get this book was it like 
you I saw got it at a bookstore book. and you're like this looks interesting i'm gonna buy I it i heard of it no idea how i heard of it or when or why i heard of it but i knew <laughs> that i had heard of this book <laughs> and i was at a bookstore in the fall so i would say about nine months nine to ten and you're months intending on, on reading it at some i would read it at some point so this but was this your opportunity me to read it now and i'm not mad about that it sounds like it out. quite the page turner the problem it i is. have with it came out in 2020 so i do enjoy a good mystery i tend to like wait and see what other people think about them because a lot of them seem similar to me yes a lot of them are a lot of murder mysteries yeah this one is not similar yeah so it's good to hear that it was a page turner and it was not similar yeah i'm into the ones because i do like them yeah i like it a lot do you want me to give you i can give you a little spoilers without spoiling who did it or I can spoil who did it if you want me no, to. No, no. Okay. Save I'll give you like is. a couple like middle of the book spoilers if that works. It's not a spoiler. It's a slight twist. She's contemplating. Sure, you can give us a twist. Slight, slight twists. The last, so it's like about 400 pages, just under. I would say the last 100 pages, there's three twists that are all pretty big. Okay. But I won't give you any of those. But there are a lot of great good twists. A middle-of-the-book twist is not really a twist, but just a fact. We find out that Amanda did not have a good life. She was not perfect. She was not at all. The marriage was awful. They never talked. Just surprise. Mm. So it was he not a good marriage. No. But on the outside, it looked so perfect. Ain't of course, that that's though. how it is. But, Ain't um, that life. Basically, <laughs> she was running away clink, from clink, her clink. past because her mother died and uh, a couple months after her mother died her father started sexually abusing her mm. and then she got a job at a motel and that's where she met zach zach came to like stay at the motel zach was also like in his mid-20s mid to late 20s when he came to stay and she was 17 and they kind of were like a little bit flirting at the counter and ended up running away together the next day she packed a bag and left with him to california when he was leaving for california after law school so clearly uh not good things happening once she left her father started stalking her oh god and leaving hang up voicemails for the first uh, they got married pretty quick had the baby pretty quick while Zach was still trying to like his whole thing is he like wants to win everything because he's kind of a giant narcissist only kind which of, is though. no way a spoiler you find that out immediately you can just tell <laughs> I doubt that would be hard to right? hide <laughs> like, not easy to hide is he like kind um, of a narcissist he's like, like, kind <laughs> of a giant narcissist and um but yeah basically like the whole thing was he just wanted like a pretty wife and a pretty family he didn't give a shit who the wife was he didn't give a shit who his kid was like they just had to like be pretty and be there you know mm. but anyway so the father was stalking her and the stop stalking her and they just recently moved back to new york before this began and she was originally from upstate and uh right when they moved back she started being stalked again by her father dun 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 intrigue Ugh. so Cringe. is it Zach? <laughs> we don't know it sounds interesting. oh interesting there's just a lot that I don't want to spoil because it was a really, really good book. Yeah. But you should read it. And at the end, I will say this is not a surprise. But at the end, it turns out Lizzie's marriage might have even been the best one, even though it was clearly the worst one. Shit. So uh, everyone in this book got a lot of problems. So there weren't any good marriages. There were. What you're telling me. 
no. I would say <laughs> I would say maybe. No. Modern Sebi, they like say it over and over. This is in no way a reflection of good or bad. They have an open marriage, but they like say over and over that they just like everyone can tell they like connect on a different level or whatever. And I think you still see that throughout the book. Like they're just like always there with each other and like when they need each other, but some shit happens that it's not good. Hmm. I would argue that maybe I would still put them as the best, but I can't really tell you why or or what happens without spoiling anything interesting i have so many questions it's not it's just yeah we're gonna have to read it read a book read a book (laughs) read a book go to the beach yeah go to the beach and read this book you'd have to be at the beach for a couple of days but that's a great beach read then yeah my turn the dog is awake all right lauren so i picked two books they're both short my two categories were small press and black joy and I'll start with small press. Okay. It's a small book. It is <laughs> a very small book. It's cute. Yeah, so I will confess I didn't really read this book, but I did look <laughs> at it. All right. There <laughs> we go. I can talk about it. So this book is called By Land by Do- John Burgess. It was published by Ravenna press which is a local Ooh. i think they've only published a handful of books hey. <laughs> round cool. floor super small where um, did you buy it it's from the library oh my first hard copy library book that i've checked out since the pandemic wow. started Ooh. holla seattle public libraries yes. are open for business yay, yay, yay. so i'll read you the synopsis and you'll understand more why I picked this okay. book. <laughs> so this guy, John Burgess, was living in Three Forks, Montana in 1978. He was working for a three-man survey crew, and he read the complete journals of Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark are super interesting to me since moving out here. And explored the major sites they encountered along the trail from St. Louis to Fort Mandan and from Fort Clatsop to Lolo Pass. Hello. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> if that means anything to you. <laughs> and essentially wrote like a poetry memoir book about his like time following. Oh. The Lewis and Clark Trail. It sounded super interesting to That's me. That's cute. It is mm-hmm. interesting. I'll be honest. I like looked through it and I don't really understand the poems that he wrote. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably because I didn't read Lewis and Clark's journals. Oh. But. That might be a good first step. It's very oh, small. Pictures. The, Sorry. Yeah. The reason I like it and I still wanted to talk about it is that it seems like a very unique book. Like, Hmm. it's poetry, there's, like, different typefaces, there's drawings, there's, like, Mad Lib situations. Wow. I like that different font. That's pretty cool. Even though I don't fully understand it, it's, like, inspiring to me as a person who may want to write a book in the future. Mm -hmm. Like, books can take all forms. They can be super tiny or large. (laughs) Well, I didn't fully read it or really understand it. (laughs) It was something. I'm <laughs> really intrigued because yeah. I'm Can curious. I see it? And you yeah. guys can, yeah, look through what, it. Uh, does he express why the variation on, like, font and type and style? Is I it, think it was just his way of being creative. Yeah, because it makes me think of, and you mentioning, like, I didn't fully understand everything. <laughs> it makes me think or wonder if this book would be best 
on a journey. Like either yeah. you're following the trail or maybe you've read the journals or something. It feels like something that maybe you're just taking a page at it a made, time. Right. And I'm sure it like it's his own memoir. And it reminds me that like just because you write a book doesn't like he's he wrote this book for himself and as a way to like catalog his own experience yeah. and wrote poems that mean something to him. Just because you write something doesn't mean that other people it needs to be like widely understood. Mm. Like he wrote this for himself yeah. and got it published, which is really cool. I don't know who he is, but that's <laughs> OK. I took a, a poetry seminar class when I was, I think, a junior in undergrad. And the instructor told us like one piece of advice she gave us was like, it has to be relatable. Like you have to write it so that somebody else can understand what you're saying. And that kind of like, I definitely, I think that's valuable advice. Yeah, which like it's that, that makes sense. Yeah, but I think it kind of limited my creative process on that because yeah. then I was worried instead of just getting raw motion out there mm -hmm. and having it be something that was really specific that maybe someone could put their mind into a parallel setting for I was like well you yeah. gotta appeal to the masses that's and kind that of could dilute it yeah you know? yeah I definitely understand where that's mm. coming from but yeah I also I really like the idea that like I can write something for myself I was gonna say I think it depends yes. what the purpose of writing is if you're writing something to be like a professional author and make money on it for the rest of your life yeah maybe you should do that but if you're writing for yourself and publishing for yourself then yeah doesn't and it doesn't make you any less of an author people, no no and I do love that he wrote this for himself then got it published like if that is a goal in your life and you or you There's write this avenue. piece yeah you don't have to like go get some big publishing house and be like you can just put it out there if that's what you want and see where yeah. it goes you yeah know? Yeah, so maybe this would be better understood by someone who has read like Lewis and Clark's yeah. journals and his and like understands it also it all better. Yeah, it looks like a real like grab bag. So Jamie's flipping through it and yeah, I'm just kind of looking at it. it, it is a grab bag. Yeah, there's some like, like hand drawings. I that one. <laughs> oh yeah, it's almost like. There's like a poem and graphics for some of them. The Madeline one's still kind of like, yeah, they're thinkers. That's the one that I don't. <laughs> yeah, I was, was no, kind of but... just flipping through it again today, and I was wondering if the, I mean, maybe you can read one of the Madlib ones. It almost seems like his commentary on like wherever you go in America, you're, America's like a huge place. And like, even though the landmarks are unique and the roads are unique and stuff, at some point you are like, traveling over something or going by yeah. a monument i don't know it just <laughs> do you want to read this one yeah so it's i mean they're all titled travels in north america but it says as you continue blank on route blank look for the turn off to blank for a while blank was a blank center but there's no trace of it now besides the blank the principal tourist attraction is blank operated by blank which i like, think you're right it like speaks to so many places yeah. in north america yeah. like you could put any I'm anything. Get, I'm way. getting really into this because to me yeah. it's performance art in yeah. book form. It's such a commentary like, on American yeah, so history. Yes. 
like in some ways when I first got it I was like oh this isn't really what I was anticipating but in other ways I think it it has and many of the other books I've gotten recently have opened my eyes to like what a book can be Mm -hmm. and like you can have fun with it and you can put text all over the page and whatever it doesn't matter especially poetry (laughs) it does not matter at (laughs) all what you do there really aren't I mean the rules are malleable right like the rules are what we in each society decide did you like did the library like tell you all the details about him or did you get that from the poetry i just found that online oh but duh. oh my god google yeah so <laughs> so did a friend way, tell you about this like, how did you know about the way i found oh this god, book is that it. the library put together a list of books for almost every category on the bingo which is awesome oh but they the I one that, that i found obviously this is one of my categories i they put together a list of small press um publishers i think oh, cool. maybe specific to washington because there are thousands mm. upon thousands of small press but mm-hmm. i like kind of looked through the different small press that they had and and googled a couple books oh, cool. and like okay. found this one and it sounded interesting yeah. so that's how i found it and then yeah the I wanna, next one i want to move on to the other yes. one which i actually did read it's called for the category black joy it's called open water God, i'm so excited about this um <laughs> it was really good it's a pretty quick read if you're looking for something that's like, I don't know, you could read in a couple days. I really enjoyed it. And it's it's also written in a really interesting way. It's almost like long form poetry. Oh, love. Okay. It is a work of art. Like the yes. words are gorgeous. It's also written in second person, which I've oh. never really experienced in a book. Not in a book. So the that's main exciting. character is a black man in the UK mm-hmm. and this this is not a spoiler it's written about kind of his best friend who is a female who they end up like falling in love and dating mm-hmm. and like that kind of romance but in a very like real setting not like a happily ever after kind of thing mm-hmm. just like the real reality life. of falling yeah. in love but it's written in second person so it's all like you did this you did that you're feeling this way and it like it was so interesting to be put in that reality of being a black man in the uk falling in love it was like wow this is so cool and like basically taking the journey of one person talking to themselves yes you know yeah so so it's all so is it all in his perspective yeah okay and he'll like kind of narrate what the primarily the girl that he's dating like kind of what she's saying but from his perspective like if I was telling someone else like what you Jamie said it wouldn't be exactly what you said it'd be like how I what you think what yeah and the tone and and what you took away so it's so interesting it is a work of art I mean I can't say that enough it's it's beautiful do you own this one I do you're done oh yeah I thought it was really cool like the whole topic of black joy I was kind of thinking like again I looked at a list that the library put out of like books that they consider black joy and picked this one out and at first I was like is this black joy it like seems a little bit depressive and then I was like no this is like this is like real life he's like mm-hmm. writing about the black experience and I just kind of get to write along with it mm. and I think that's what I mean as a white person this is my perception of black joy is just that like 
but black people's experience is a multitude of things. It's not just like civil rights stuff, but it's also like joy and feelings and depression and it's a hundred percent like everything. humans you they know are, they are full right. humans and not a monolith so like yeah. exactly <laughs> and like just getting a taste of that was really cool but he goes into like something kind of traumatic happens to him in the book and because it's kind of poetry you don't fully understand what's happening but it's mm-hmm. his experience but he goes through this time of kind of depressive state mm-hmm. It just reminded me of that, like, the black experience, like, he, it is, like, written, th- it's like what you were talking about with Ali. Him being a black man is, like, written into his character. He, he can't, like, separate. It's not, like. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what he's experiencing as a black person is in the book, but also, like, being able to realize the common humanity in it. Mm-hmm. And, like, we all have depressive times and go through traumatic things, maybe not the same traumatic things. He goes through a traumatic thing, and then he, like, wants to disappear from from kind of his existence and how that feels from his own perspective. And it kind of reminded me of an Insecure, which we've all watched. Oh, yeah. Making full rounded characters and like yeah you're imperfect like there's like like, yeah there's mm -hmm. a character in insecure who has bipolar disorder i think Mm -hmm. that this character was like fully formed and it's not just like one example of mental health or like one example of a black man and his experience like yeah he he's black and he also is has depression and he also like has a girlfriend that he's falling in love with and he also like he's a full human yeah and you're kind of dipping your toe into like his emotions and like living as the complexities of him i think what we're trying to get like it's starting to it's been taking this whole episode for me to try to figure out what we're trying to articulate what we're trying to say i think what we're trying to say (laughs) and our super ignorant speak is both of the books like open water and dear girls what one thing we love about these which i think is a the key points on why you need representation in who is writing books yes. and who you know is that the characters they're not just being put in this box they're not portrayed as like stereo- like what yes. originally was the stereotypical asian woman or black man in like 90s tv or like and like you get two character traits what do you want you know like like this character in open water like is a full-fledged human being right who is black and that's part of their identity but they also have these other elements the book is about and as different as he is from outward appearance he has very like common feelings that we all feel that feeling Mm. of like being depressed wanting to escape your life like wanting to just fully like just disappear and leave the people that love you the most mm. and like that's, that's just like common so relatable. Feel- like that yeah. is so relatable and so common yeah. and i really enjoyed it i definitely recommend it so is the book a lot about their relationship or is it a lot about him or it's mostly like- about him okay the beginning part where Oh, it was just so good. He's got this best friend that he knows he loves, but that like feeling Aww. of like that instant connection and like yeah. wanting something to be there, but like denying it. And then like finally Aww. it happens. It just, it felt like the way he wrote it just felt so real. 
like I was having the same emotions and like yes. looking back in my past and like, wow, I know what that's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Being able to capture the feelings of falling in love mm-hmm. and not in like the movie, like your stereotypical way, but in that really genuine cascade of emotions. It's yeah. oh, that's awesome. I did, I did want to read a little bit. Um, please, 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 please. He does write. It's titled Open Water. And that has to do with like love and like how scary it is to fully commit to another human being. And it is like being in open water and there's like yeah. nothing to hold on to. And it's like amazing and huge and beautiful and also terrifying. Yeah. Love. And the way he wrote about it. You'll just have to read it. It's amazing. But I'll read I'll read this other little snippet yeah. just so you can get a taste of what his writing is like. Dance, you said. Dance, sing. Please do what you must. Look at your neighbor and understand they are in the same position. Turn to your neighbor and take one step forward as they take another step back. Switch positions. Move. 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 Become overwhelmed by the water. Let it wash over you. Let the trauma rise up like vomit. Spill it. Go on. Let it spill on the ground. Let go of that pain. Let go of that fear. Let go. You are safe here, you said. You are seen here. You can live here. We are all hurting, you said. We are all trying to live, to breathe, to find ourselves stopped by what which is out of our control. We find ourselves unseen. We find ourselves unheard. We find ourselves mislabeled. We who are loud and angry, we who are bold and brash, we who are black. We find ourselves not saying it how it is. We find ourselves scared. We find ourselves suppressed, you said. But do not worry about what has come before or what will come. Move. Do not resist the call of a drum. Do not resist the thud of a kick, the tap of a snare, the rattle of a hi-hat. Do not hold your body stiff, but flow like easy water. Be here, please, you said, as the young man took the cowbell, moving it in a way which made you ask, which came first, hear the music. The ratata is perfect, offbeat, sneaking through brass and percussion. Can you hear the horns? Your time has come. Revel in glory, for it is yours to do so. You work twice as hard today, but that isn't important. Not here, not now. All that matters is that you are here, that you are present. Can't you hear? What does it sound like? Freedom? I love that. It's really you know, beautiful. Yeah. The the metaphor of water is all over in the book. So, so on point. Yeah. <laughs> I want to read it, it so bad. It makes me think of, you know, when you're younger and you have, like, crushes on people and you spend forever being like, do they like me? Do they not like me? And you, you overthink so much and, like, it's like you're building your own dam that Mm -hmm. isn't letting the water flow out Mm -hmm. of like fear of all these things or Mm -hmm. just uncertainty. And the excerpt you just read reminded me of when I started to feel more comfortable to not, like there's one past relationship that I'm thinking of in particular where I played that game with myself, but I didn't actually have to because I was on the same page with this person. And I think I like, kind of doubted what I was feeling and then once like once you get whatever validation that is whatever note that helps you trigger like I'm safe here to feel these things even if I don't know what's gonna come and I don't know what's like gonna evolve out of these emotions it's such 
an empowering and liberating feeling to just be like, I'm comfortable yeah. in these emotions, even though they're so much bigger than me. It mm. just, yeah, reading this book remind. I mean, the love, the part about ri- his, his writing about falling in love, it just reminded me, like, how pervasive. Like, that's a human experience. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's romantic love, that, like, attachment to other people. And it was just, it yeah. was beautifully written. And it can be love about other things. That excerpt is talking about falling in love, like, I, I could say similar emotions for really humbling moments where I have like fallen in love with nature, you know, like just mm. you're kind of in awe of something and mm. you're I, I don't know. It, I know that's a, a little bit of a stretch, but I think about camping or backpacking for the first time and just like feeling some of these emotions of like, I feel really unprepared for this, but I'm loving this and I don't know what to expect and mm-hmm. I'm just in this and I'm proud for taking this on like all these feelings you know love can yeah. translate in different ways and those feelings too yeah yeah uh. I really enjoyed it 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 definitely was something that I wouldn't have chosen on my own and that's mm-hmm. why I appreciate the book bingo is that it forces me to look into books or categories that I wouldn't otherwise pick off the shelf yeah. on my own when but didn't I... enjoy any less there was something on there that was like climate, sci-fi, sci-fi. Cli-fi. Climate that fiction. was a new one for me. Yeah, as well. I think next week we're gonna yeah. pick more, and then yeah. come back in a bit with new options. But this seems like a nice kind of ongoing. And please something. feel free to jump into this too. Like, you know, let us know if you do any book bingo or yeah you you found a category or a book that you wouldn't have otherwise picked or something you really enjoyed or even recommendations you know we're we're up for new stuff we love rex lots of good ones Mm. on here i don't know what speculative fiction means oh what is (laughs) sci-fi they just ask a lot of questions (laughs) yeah right speculative we don't know what's gonna happen is it kind of more like historical fiction i could see that or like like had something gone differently in history this is what like maybe what would have happened or kind of like parallel universe yeah oh my god i can't think of the word not alternate universe but like you know, all those books we had to read in high school, like 1984. Like oh, after dystopian? The world, yeah, dystopian. Yeah. Dystopian. Kind of oh. I'll have to see what the... Love yeah. me Maybe we'll find out next week. Yeah. All right. Bye. See ya. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. If you have anything that's inspiring you or bringing you joy that you want to share, please send us an email at wrdpod at gmail.com. Maybe we'll feature you on the pod. And follow us on Instagram at WRDPod as well. If you're looking for more information, you can find all our show notes and more on our website, whatyoureadingdude.com. Music for this podcast was created by Kalindo. You can follow him on Instagram at The Real Kalindo. Stay inspired and see you next week.